This is Leaders Who Scale, and I'm Jeff Siegel. I've worked with thousands of companies over the years, and I'm fascinated by seeing how many of them grow and scale. Join me as we learn from the leaders of growing companies and share that knowledge. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class accounting, advisory, and QuickBooks and Acumatica Cloud ERP services. Today's guest is a passionate leader. He has over 20 years in the painting industry, and he's building a company on a 21st century business model that focuses on employees, customers, and community. He's gone from a one-man operation in 2016 to nine full-time employees. He's the founder of Todd A. Hess Painting in Hess Supply Co., which is in York, Pennsylvania. I want to welcome Todd Hess. Welcome, Todd. Hello. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. I love to hear about your journey. I know you've gone from one to nine in uh, six years or so. We're in our sixth year this year. Yes, sir. Yeah. And the middle yet obviously had the pandemic. So uh, it must have been a challenge. So, you know, one of the questions I'd love to hear is like our answer to is what is the most challenging aspect of scaling your company? Um, You know, I'd like to give five of, I think, the, the, the biggest challenges. I think culture's one, keeping a great culture. I think people is one. I think standard operating procedures is a big challenge for scaling. Systems, making sure systems are in place, and then the processes that hold those systems in place. I think those five things for me have been the biggest challenges the whole six years you know, even at the beginning as, as being a one-man operation to now being a, a nine-man operation. Hmm. Are there any misconceptions uh, about, you know, starting a company um, that people may think, that, you know, as you're going through this journey? You know? uh, yeah, I think, I think that a lot of, um, especially in the trades, I think a lot of people uh, work at companies that, you know, probably don't appreciate them much. And, you know, they, they see, pricing from that company and they think that it's it's more of just hey I can kind of just go out I find the first job and I kind of goes to the next job and next job and um, they don't they don't really take into consideration the, the the business part and kind of like the the five things I just mentioned one of them just being um, you know systems and processes and structures of where they want the business to go and I mean a big one too we didn't mention it because it I mean we did it at the beginning and we revisited it but being, just having a vision of where you want your company to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that to me is important for everyone I've talked to in the past and even myself, you know, having that goalpost, like you just mentioned that, that sure. vision, um, you know, there's that, that quote that I've heard and I may have even mentioned it on prior podcasts. You can't get there from here, but you can get here from there. So yeah. Yeah. just kind of knowing where to you know, where you're headed, that helps us get there. And it's, it sounds like you had one from the start. Well, we did have a vision from the start. We're actually, that's something we're doing just, just now is we're relooking at that vision. I think that's something that you come back to because the crew members that are around you, you know, the men and women that make your company run and operate, yeah. um, you know, they have to be actively uh, involved in that vision. They, they, they need to, kind of know and have transparency on where you're going and what you're doing, you know? So um, it's one of those things that you just don't, you don't just make it at the beginning and then you kind of, 
you know, put it away in, in a book right. somewhere <laughs> and tab somewhere, or you have it on your website and it never changes. It's something that, you know, I think is constantly changing. You should le- at least revisit it once a year, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. That's what we're going to be trying to do from here on out. So how do you, I mean, that's, it's, how, how do you do that with, you know, it's, it, I guess it implies some kind of culture and keeping them all on the same page. How are you going about doing that, you know, as you're growing your company? Uh, well, I think the, the, the thing that kind of stands off from the vision is kind of, uh, you know, one of the five things that I did mention was standard operating procedures. I mean, first thing is for, for crew members, just to know that when they go out to do a project, one of the biggest things we want is we want the same feel for the customer and we want the same outcome for the customer. So if you can get a group of people together that are inside your company and everyone just has an understanding that that's our goal and it's not, you know, one person does something a certain way and it's just how they're going to do it. No, we, we, we have meetings every Monday that, um, you know, they're with every single person in the company and we talk about standard operating procedures every single week and what can we do to make them better. And I think just doing that part from the field aspect, meaning people that work with the customers and aren't in the office, mm-hmm. once those people have a buy-in on that and know they're working together as a team, people, uh, lots of times you'll see people will let go of certain things that they did in the past that they can see that it's more efficient or better to do uh, together as a, as a group and to keep it standard for, you know, right from the painter to the foreman. So everybody has a good understanding of what's going on and, and the customer has the same outcome and experience during a project. No, that's so that sounds great. I mean, you mentioned meetings on Mondays, so that's the whole team. So that, that I assume would keep everybody on the same page, keep that, keep that culture, um, you know, it, it issues do issues pop up? You go through things like that or with yes, issues do pop up. Yeah, issues do pop up. We we do go through things. Now, this is one of them things where you know you mention every I mentioned then you mentioned back that everybody's involved. Now, how that looks in the future, we don't know because as you scale up, you have you know nine people is easy to get into a room. Mm-hmm. What happens when it becomes 18 people? You know, or what happens when it becomes 25 people? And these are the kind of incremental questions that you continue to ask yourself right. as you scale. You can't, you can't, you have to have adaptability. I mean, that would be something else that I would throw in there for anybody that's going into starting their business or has plateaued. In my industry, people plateau a lot of times at three, four, maybe five people, and they can't get past that plateau because they're too bogged down by what they've done in the past and they're not open to being adaptable to something moving them forward. Hmm. So I'm curious. So what, what percentage of the time would you feel that you're working on strategy and kind of, you know, working on the business and as opposed to, you know, the percentage that you'd spend pretty much working in the business, whether it's, you know, picking up a paintbrush or looking at, you know, quoting a job or, Sure. Any of those things. I'm curious what, how you view that and what you. That's a great, that's a great question, Jeff, because that's one that's, that, that I think would help a lot of people uh, again in our industry Mm -hmm. understand. Um, It took, uh, it took me about five years to get out of the field. Mm -hmm. That was at a point in which I still stepped back in the field every once in a while to help out, but it has just been in the last, I'd say six months that uh, six to nine months that I've gotten a good core 
group of, of individuals that, you know, we're all on the same page. We all know where the company's going. And um, when that happens, you're able to work on the other parts of the company. But to answer your question on working on the business, I'd say I only spend about 20 to probably 20% of my time working on the business right now because I'm still actively involved in the operational side. So that's the scheduling, you know, ordering materials, uh, talking to customers to get themselves set up with with color selection and stuff like that. And then the sales side. So those are those are two two areas that I'm going to be looking forward to putting into my vision um, of letting those areas go and trying to figure out how we can grow a little bit more to maybe possibly have one of the one of the crew members inside the company take one of those positions or, and work on on that as something I can let go of as an owner. Have you already kind of built out that long term vision as far as the org chart and where you want to see this company go as far as uh, you know employees and, or team members? Yes. Yes. We, we, that's one thing I did at the beginning as well. I set a structure of the company up. My, uh, my very first structure, uh, it still hangs. Um, mm-hmm. and it is a structure for a 49, um, painter company. Yeah. Um, it has, you know, the president, uh, the VP positions inside the company, VP of operations, VP of sales, and it works down all those branches. And, you know, you kind of put your name where you're working at the time, and then you fill them other sections as um, the company grows. Huh. I, I'm curious, just uh, taking me back a little further. Um, sure. When I was looking at your your bio or your website, it looked like you'd, you'd worked for a company for a number of years, all the way up through general manager. And yeah. Um, lost that job for whatever reason. I'm yeah. curious. In it, it also said you were promised ownership. I think. Um, what? What? To what extent has that driven you with this company here and how you're you're growing it and you just well, develop? Yeah, I think I think that question that questions. Um, well, we don't need to steer away from it. You know, I, I worked for a prominent painting company in New York, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very good friends um, along with great coworker with the owner. We had discussed ownership and it's something that just didn't work out. It actually worked out in my favor by being left go because there's a, there's a lot that comes with buying a company that, you know, when you just start out from scratch, you're able to kind of build your own structure and it's a little bit cleaner beginning. I actually talked to that uh, owner of that company still and um, we have lunch and there's no um, hurt feelings over that. Uh, things sometimes work out in your favor. Uh, but the one thing I would say is it drove me, it drove me in a way in which I understood that, you know, when you got, I was out of the field inside of that company for four or five years. So I think it really tested me as an individual of, Hey, are you willing to put whites back on, you know, go out and, you know, a, uh, old 2001, F-250 van and, you know, sell in the evening and work all day and, you know, get, get jobs that you might have to work all night. I had a two month project that I I did basically by myself. It was all night work. And, you know, that's where uh, my wife, Alex, she's uh, an intricate part of the company now, but Mm -hmm. she was an intricate part of just supporting me and, you know, keeping that drive alive, you know, to do what you want to do with your vision. Yeah, you mentioned your wife supporting you. So I imagine she's part of your management team too, right? She works in the company with you or 
Yes, my wife. My my wife is VP of marketing and communications. Okay. Um, she also does office uh, management uh, pieces of the company. That's something too that in our long term um, vision is looking mm-hmm. at to see how to get her out of an office management position because we do think that the future, at least for our company, is going to be a lot of content and a lot of um, more on the marketing side, driving different parts of of yep. the uh, industry other than just the, the painting part. Do you have, do you actually meet, um, is there any other members of your team and do you meet as far as the, the working on the business side? Cause it sounds like the Monday meetings are like, here's what's going on this week yep. projects, who's here, who's not issues. But how about from a, uh, just kind of that over the, the working on the strategy of the business, do you have separate meetings for that? Did you have a, other team members that are participate? No, we, we do not currently have other team members other than our, we do have, and we do this because we found it more efficient for us. We have a website designer that is a marketing strategist. So he's come up with our marketing strategy. We have a content creator that we work closely with, and we have a video editor that we work closely with. Other than that, it is currently just me and my wife. We do have inner office meetings to strategize on where the where the company's moving. A lot of this keeping it to minimum amount of people inside the office. I think that's another thing that some companies that are that are our size they have more than two people um, in their offices. You know, we know companies that might have ten or twelve people. They got they got three or four people in the office. We're trying to keep our overhead down. Because mm-hmm. a lot of that, a lot of that monetary part of keeping it down, we can then uh, increase wages. We can give better benefits to our employees. I mean, it's all it's all part of where you want your company to go and kind of figuring your way out. We're not at that point yet, but we hope to be bringing at least one more person in. Like I said, probably into an office managers type position, and that would probably be within the next twelve to uh, eighteen months or so. Yeah. Is most of the work you do, is it commercial, residential, a mixture? I'm just, we didn't really talk much about the business itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're about a, a 50-50 mix. We do about 50% commercial, 50% residential. It sometimes skews a little bit more towards the residential side uh, during the summer months due to the fact that we, we are a, a company that does a lot of older um, wood structures, wood houses in our area. So mm-hmm. we're an older area. We're, you know, only about two hours outside of Philadelphia. So some of our buildings are, you know, mid 1800s wow. and okay. you know, early 19th century. So uh, that's, that's kind of uh, a, a reasoning why we continue, I think, to grow is, you know, when you do good work in a field that there's very few companies that compete against you, um, you know, after six years, we have lots of those type of projects that we didn't really have it, you know, two, three years out. So we're seeing growth in that part. Interesting. And you, um, we talked earlier about you creating um, this supply company. So that's new, right? So yes. about that. Yes. Curious, it's, are you looking to create these multiple streams of revenue? Um, you know, I'm curious what the long-term, you know, uh, look out for that is. And actually this is another part of this question. How do you see what's happening in the economy affecting the business with inflation and you know just everything that's happening in today's sure. yeah it's a, it's a great question Jeff um, well the supply co 
that was a dream of mine about four or five years ago. It was, it was two years into, into having the painting company that I realized that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the industry uh-huh. it has been separated out from the painter. Uh, if you go and you read me, I have a large collection of, of painting manuals from a hundred years ago where the painter did everything. They literally went out, they bought the bases, they mixed the paint, they, they did everything. And so as, you know, as the industrial revolution went along, everything got separated out for efficiency purposes. But if a painting contractor can look at it and they're able to set up stuff, a, a supply co was the only portion of vertical integration that I could do. So what I did was by, by making that supply co, I have wholesalers. I don't have to go to a paint store to buy a roller cover. I buy that roller cover cheaper from a wholesaler. You know, we supply, we can supply ourselves with our own paint from, from a manufacturer and that paint cost is lowered. All that right now though, is, is looks like we have set ourselves up pretty good for the current economical conditions because we're not being as affected by uh, inflation because we've we've lowered all of our costs on the sundries and the supplies and the material side. So I think that I, I think that's a great a great lesson for all business owners. I don't think I don't think sticking inside of just your industry and not looking for other opportunities for other revenue streams. Mm-hmm. is a good idea. You should all, I think you should always be looking for other opportunities. Anything that can alleviate pressure from just one business having to supply all the revenue all the time, because I mean, it, it's yeah. no different than if you have to diversify your, your stock portfolio. You know, you want to diversify your business a little bit and make sure that you can uh, have different streams of revenue. But it sounds like with that supply company, because you're going to have, like you mentioned, other painters coming in and buying things. Sure. Um, is there a large, you know, from a cash flow perspective, as an accountant, I always wonder, you have to lay out money for inventory and make sure you've got, obviously, supply or you can get it quickly. I mean, is that, that that's, sounds like a challenge on its own, including running a painting company. So, yeah. So, yeah. So what? So what, what's nice? What's nice about it, Jeff, is it, we we are we are we are seeing a lot of me and my wife's time. You know, yeah. it, it's being adjusted, and we're we know the hard work is for probably a three to six month period of time before it really gets its feet underneath it. But what's nice about it is our painting company is large enough that all these things that the supply co um, storefront has, they're all things we would have bought in bulk anyhow. Okay. So so what we're all we did was take our supply and our materials and we moved them to a storefront and we're able to one we're able to offer we're able to offer better pricing to some of our contractor friends mm-hmm. that they would have been able to get from somewhere else so i think it's also a nice little niche of being part of the community you're bringing back a local paint uh store when very few of them exist and you're also able to help out your fellow contractors because I'm a firm believer that there's enough work, at least in my trade, that no no one needs to really get competitive when it comes to, you know, worrying about if you come into my store to buy supplies for me that you're, you know, supplying the, the competitor with revenue. I think there's enough work out here for all of us. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, do you, do you have to invest in the mixers and all that stuff for the supply store is it? Uh, we did have we did have to get a shaker in, but the shaker, the, yeah. the McCormick paints 
uh, company that, w- that is graciously given us our ability to uh, to uh, sell McCormick paints. Um, mm-hmm. They are going to supply us with a tinning machine. So, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a great it's a great partnership, and we're, and we're glad to we're glad to have them. How was the cost of um, like with inflation? I mean, I, I, at one time I heard there was like a tin shortage. I'm not sure if there still is. Does that affect the cost of paint and the cans and things like that? I mean, is that affecting your industry? Well, I think I think it is affecting our industry because most companies have uh, have gone to a plastic can now. Um, there, there's very few. I think that's going to be mainly in the industrial products that have solvents in them that you know you can't store in a plastic container. But yes, we we have seen a change from a metal can to a plastic can, um, and there is there there is some faults in that too. And I think they'll get better as as they continue to produce them because I don't think there's any time that they're going to be going back to to full metal cans. Yeah. You mentioned when you first started, we started talking, you know, you mentioned culture, people, SOP, systems, um, process. What, what kind of systems? I'm, I'm a big systems person. So what kind of systems do you have in place? Do you what do you use for an accounting system? Being an accountant, I always ask. We, we use QuickBooks online right now. Oh, that's awesome. OK, good. Yep. We use, check. <laughs> we use QuickBooks online and that's integrated into our estimating system, which is called PEP cloud, PEP oh. cloud. And what's nice about that is um, we use, we just started using um, the zapper program that kind of attaches our PEP cloud yeah. to a spreadsheet to gather all of our information, but it also PEP cloud has a uh, integrated part that you basically push a button and all your customer's information gets uploaded into QuickBooks. So that part of our company is kind of, those systems are working great. Um, I think the biggest struggle we're having right now is because we work with Pete, with crew members that are on different jobs all the time that are changing mm-hmm. is more of refining a system to get the information that they have out in the field back into the systems for job costing and for um, invoicing on, we do time and material projects. So you can imagine you're tracking time, you're tracking materials, you're buying materials from different places, you know, and that can, that can kind of slow down the process of invoicing. And you don't want you don't want to have it too far out after the end of a job that you've invoiced a customer. Um, so yeah, that's what we're in right now. That's one of our biggest, um, I have a solution for you. So yeah. offline, there you go. Tie yeah. QuickBooks online. You can actually do a proposal electronically, get them to sign it. Your people can clock their time. Actually, I'll throw it out there right now. It's called Noify. N-O-W-I-F-Y, for anyone who's listening. It's for contractors, anyone in the trades. You can create a whole proposal. It could be detailed or more in summary. Yep. Ties into QuickBooks. So all your costing is done. You could even do AIA billing, which I'm not sure you ever have to do with any of your clients. But for bigger commercial companies, um, they, they want an AIA billing, which is budget, cost of date. Sure. You know, current invoice. So this is a great question for you, Jeff, because you're yeah. more on this side of it. Yeah. Um, so do do you feel like we may be going through a period of time too that owners might be being bogged down by which app is is the app for them? Yes. Which software is the software for them? Because I I kind of feel that. Um, as definitely, an owner. you're right on point because there's so much 
with the evolution of especially QuickBooks Online, we do sure. we kind of sell a lot of it, and we work um, with it for with a lot of clients in our outsourced accounting and consulting side. Sure, there the open AP, the API they have the lots allows all these third parties to create programs to integrate with QuickBooks. Um, so you mentioned Zapier, um, which is an intermediary that'll. Yep. So there's a lot of stuff even with QuickBooks, Zapier, and third-party software, which on, which works great as well. Um, so we're constantly. It's a great question. We're constantly asked by our own clients, like, "Hey, is there a program that does this?" And basically, what happens is there could be ten of them, and we're like, "Okay, let's figure out what's the most important things you need." And because every one of them, even though there may be ten of the same type of program, they specialize in different pieces of it, and Someone may is that, want. Is that something that that you that you help your clients out with too? Yeah, just exactly. Kind of, figure, kind of figuring out it, because I think it's a. I think if that's what you're helping clients with, that is, I can tell you that's a struggle for me as well. I mean, yeah. it's it's like you're almost inundated by so much information, and you, you almost get paralyzed by like yeah. Yeah. because everybody's had that experience as a business owner. You get this software, you're like, man, this is going to be the greatest thing. And what you're doing is you're spending more time doing workarounds. Right. It's not really tailored for you. You have a separate CRM and you're putting a customer name over here, but then you got to enter it in QuickBooks when you go to build them. Yep. Now it's redundant. Yep. A proposal that now you want to put an estimate or something in QuickBooks, that's redundant. So we're constantly um, trying to figure out the best because every program does do something better than, you know, different. They may focus more on a proposal, but it also does job costing. Something may be a lot more job costing. It doesn't do any proposal side of it. So it's kind of right. trying to figure out what works and every client is a little different about what, what they want. Yeah. So, sure. but sure. yeah, it, it, cause you mentioned systems. I was just that curious on that. So, um, and I don't, I've never seen the pep cloud software. So I'm curious what that looks like. Cause I'm always, trying to learn from my own clients, you know, what's out there. So, so yeah. Pep Cloud, um, it does a lot of what you just said about the other, what was the name of the other one? I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Noified. Noified. Okay. It does a lot of the similar things. It allows you to, to keep a calendar. It allows you to email your work orders to your foreman. It allows you to put a proposal right. together that's completely interactive too. A person, a customer can click off the areas they don't want to paint. They can click in and out. The oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, figure out what pricing is. I think it's one of the best ones that we've found. Now, it, it, it's also one of those things. I, I would encourage all business owners too, is when you buy a piece of software, I've had Pep Cloud for, for uh, probably two, three years. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been so busy doing other things. I just now in the last three months really <laughs> sat down and looked at what it could do for us. Oh, now we're now we're realizing that we can use it for other things. So I would encourage all business owners too to like really take the time to learn about the software that you bring on board because you it might do something that you you need it to do and you're really just again not willing to adapt. You're using it for the one thing that you that you kind of like really wanted it for, but it it'll have little features in it that you're like, "Oh man, I can I can implement these and it'll make my life so much easier." So it's one yeah. of them things. No, that's that's good. I, I have a client now that has two different systems, and they're like, "Someone told me we could do all this in QuickBooks," and I looked at it and said, "Yeah, you could." So we're, we're like getting rid of the other one, or slowly getting rid of the other one. But anyway, 
I don't want to go down this path. I could talk all day about. Uh, hey, Jeff, Jeff, I just want to make sure that that that, that I think <laughs> when we talk about systems, yeah. if you have a knowledge of it, more knowledge than I do, I think it's going to help the listeners out to, yeah. to 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 get a little bit of that too as well. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good. I don't I don't plug that stuff, but we do a lot of it because right, like you mentioned, there's so much. There's so many apps out there. Everything's web based now, and they all. It, do something that you think you need and where do you you're paralyzed you're, exactly you're you're exactly correct you're yeah. paralyzed and guess what once you're paralyzed on it you kind of just let it go and you start working on other things but nothing will work unless you right. get that part you're not going to get that redundant i think redundancy like you said is probably one of the things that drive office managers and business owners and high level management drives us crazy because yeah. You don't want to be copying and pasting information and writing down information on a notepad to retype it into another uh, piece of software. So I, I'm always ears for for uh, other people's uh, input on that because I know that's a part in the company that I'm going to always be looking to improve. Yeah, you want efficiency. You want reporting. You want to be able like a dashboard to to manage and run your business and grow. And yep. all of these pieces have to work together to get that information, job costing, all that stuff. So perfect. Um, so I'm just curious about just how you, um, you just your own professional development. You're you're a leader. You're growing a company. You've been a painter all these years. What do you what do you rely on for your own knowledge today? Because it sounds like uh, what are what you've been doing is great. You've yeah. you, culture, people, systems, SOPs. You've got your org chart filled out even though your name may be in a bunch of boxes, but you know where you want to go. Um, sure. I'm just curious where all that came from. You know, um, um, you know, the, the, to be honest, the, the, the yeah. gentleman that I lost my job to that, that ended up letting me go. I, I started my knowledge from him. A lot of it has to do with a, a small consulting firm that he was part of called ProSalt. And then uh, it went on to, he had got me involved in Sandler um, and we have a great Sandler um, group here in York. Um, and, you know, from there, I started reading, uh, I started reading other books and self-improvement books and things like that. I'm, I'm constantly in the mode of that, you know, as, as hard as you work on your business, I hope that you're working that hard on yourself mm -hmm. because it's a direct reflecting of how well I think your business ends up doing. I don't think anybody out, out here um, is that's just driven on the business side um, and not driven on the self-improvement side. I'm not sure if um, success looks the same for that person as it does for the person that's working on themselves as well. Yeah. Uh, some of the books that I would recommend for people would yeah, be um, Beyond the E-Myth by Michael Gerber, uh, I would I would recommend uh, start with why and uh, leaders eat last by Simon Sinek. Um, I think Jocko Willink has two books: uh, Discipline Equals Freedom, and um, he has one other. In, I think Leadership Strategy and Tactics is another great one by Jocko mm -hmm. Willink. Um, I think it's it, it's like anything. You have to constantly be looking for how can I improve myself. And that kind of reflects into how you can improve your, your organization. I think what I've come to learn is just that it comes really back to people. I think people are the biggest thing that sometimes people don't, don't realize that that's really the driver of the company. 
that, yeah, that, that is true. And, and people and setting that kind of that, that tone and from the leader um, culture, sure. you know, just kind of, yeah, the, our biggest resource in almost every business is our people actually probably is the biggest resource. It is, it, uh, I believe it is the biggest resource. Yep. I mean, like I'll give an example of one little tiny thing inside my company that I think has resonated with people that have stayed on board. Yeah. I don't tolerate yelling and screaming from, from no one like this. Just don't yell and scream. We don't, we don't need that. We don't need it. We can be, we can be civilized human beings. We can talk respectfully. We can all understand that mistakes happen. We can look at that mistake and dissect it and say, how can it not happen again? Um, and I think that the people that have stayed on board, they've more, more than once mentioned, oh man, I'm having a bad day. I like when I call you when something's happened because you're just kind of like, well, okay, that happened. Good. You know, so we we're, we're at this point, what can we do to fix it? What, and we'll talk through the, the, the possible solutions for it. And when I, when I end that conversation, I'm more like, so, you know, kind of what's your plan of action? And, the, and they, they take lead. It's right what they're going to do. I don't give them the answer. I want to know. They called me because most of the time it's stress, it's fear, it's anxiety because something happened. My job as a leader is not to increase that stress, fear, and anxiety. My job is to relieve it and say, hey, let's talk through this. And I think that's one of the biggest things that has changed my company, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I actually like that. Um, I like that you just mentioned that you're not giving them the answer either. It's like, okay, what are you going to, what's your course, next course of action? Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, years ago, a leader was like, here's what you need to do, you know, do sure. as I say type of thing. Um, but, you know, over the years, successful leaders are the ones that seem to work with their team and get them to take the initiative and not give the answers, you know? And I think it builds a stronger team too. Obviously. Well, yeah. I'm going to run to you for every single problem. Yeah. And you're, and you're, and you're building leaders. Yeah. See, that, that's, that's the ticket. I, I'm not, I don't want to build somebody that's just doing what I want them to do because guess what? Todd can't be everywhere. I have to build leaders so that they can gain, we can gain knowledge back and forth. And when a problem arises, they can say, they might even say in their head, hey, I already talked about this one two years ago with Todd. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Or, or I can handle this. There's no reason to call Todd because he trusts me to make the best decision possible. That's what I want. That's what I want my people. I want them to know that mistakes are going to happen. Do, do what you think is right unless, unless you feel like it needs to be a discussion. Yeah. Okay, well, then let's have that discussion. Yeah, um, I, yeah I do love that. Uh, yeah, because, you know, people, we should be hiring people that are smarter than us, right? I mean, right. Because if, if, they're, if they're not, then we, we're tap, we, we've capped out our business essentially with our own knowledge, right? No, no 100, 100%, Jeff, 100%. We should all be searching for people more intelligent than us yeah. and, and, and better at what they do than us. Right. Like I tell people lots of times, I'm, I'm, a, I'm probably an, a, 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 good, a good painter, mm -hmm. okay? But I'm a great salesman. I know that. That just happens to be one thing that I'm really good at. Right. Um, and I have painters that are better painters than me. And I have no problem saying that because they're, they're really 
great craftsmen and they deserve that respect from me. And, and, and so if I was just out here trying to be the, the best painter and the, the owner of the company that, you know, all, then who am I going to attract? How is the company going to grow? Yeah. No one wants to be around. I don't think anybody wants to be around that person. Yeah. I don't think so either. They won't last long. Uh, no, yeah. no, no, this is all great stuff. Uh, what, what excites you about the future? Just in general, whether it's the business or where you're headed or. I, I, I am, I'm excited about the future because um, this will probably, probably be a very rough understanding of, of what my vision is, but you know, I'm with the supply coke putting, being put into place. I'm, I'm hoping to be able to help more contractors. I'm hoping that, um, and I'm going to use the R, R word a little bit here. I do see that we will probably see somewhat of a correction and a, and a recession. Mm-hmm. Whenever that happens, I don't know when that's going to happen. My advice to everybody is this, that in our in both of my companies, we are paying off everything we can pay off. Mm-hmm. We are increasing wages. Just yesterday, we increased um, wages 5% across the board for all of our employees as a standard of living wage increase. Awesome. Um, and we are preparing ourselves uh, for uh, tighter times, meaning that you know, pricing might get uh, more competitive with other people. So that's another thing that diversifying helps alleviate pressure against the, the painting company. So I see in the future uh, is going to be good for us. We're putting blocks in place so that if we do have to um, get a little bit more competitive, uh, we're able to do that and still have the same people on board that we have now. That's awesome. So, and, and you're thinking about it and you're doing something about it. I think yes. You're being proactive, which which is which is great. I don't think uh, a lot of leaders, a lot of successful leaders, probably do what you're doing, and a lot of the kind of non-successful ones are just kind of very just reactive and find themselves. They could find themselves cash flow problems, employee problems, and you know putting out fires. So this well, is and and they could find themselves doing that either very soon or digging themselves even a bigger hole because I, I don't think anybody knows when the corrections coming. Yeah, we don't. I mean, I mean, it could be, it could be the third quarter of this year. It could Mm -hmm. be the beginning of 2024. Um, But I do know that when the faucet's been on as much as it's been on, meaning the, the, the money has been as readily available. It has been for the probably the last decade. Yeah. Longer. Um, because this is the end result is at some point, the money, the money can't continue to be this easy. So as things tighten up a little bit, you know, businesses and startups that had easy time getting a loan or getting a line of credit, I'd encourage if you're, if you're in business now and you don't have a line of credit, that might be something you want to put into place as soon as possible. That might save you from, uh, going under if, uh, tough times come and you need to just, you know, loan, get a loan for a little bit of money and you have that line there automatically. Right. You should get one when you don't need it. Right. <laughs> have it in place. So, uh, yeah. Cause then when you need it, it's hard to get obviously. Yeah. Um, so enough about business scaling, just curious, tell me about yourself. Uh, you know, where you're from, where you went to school. I'm just curious about your background, how you got here. Yeah, I am. I'm a, I am a individual that's from York County my whole life. I, sure. I did spend three years living upstate New York where my wife is from. So um, I lived in a little tiny town called Saginaw, about two miles from where I currently live in Mount Wolf. 
And uh, I have two oh. sons. I have a, a beautiful wife. She helps me in the business. And uh, we enjoy just kind of spending family time together. We go to the Outer Banks every year. Um, not much outside. To be honest with you, not much outside of my reading for uh, self-improvement um, mm-hmm. is, is very many hobbies. I mean, me and my wife both work out. We both stay healthy. We, uh, we have a little Frenchie um, and, and another older dog that uh, has been around since the kids were just a, a little two, three-year-old. Um, and I have, I do have one son though, that is graduating this year. So that's an exciting, that's an, yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's an exciting thing for us. Um, he is going to stay local though. And uh, I think I had a little bit of a conversation with him too, about, you know, uh, planning for the future. And I think he's made a great choice of kind of getting some of his general education out of the way here at a local college and then finding a way later on. Um, but other than that, Jeff, uh, me, me and my wife, due to the fact that we work in the business um, together, yep. it, 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 it's, it's kind of we, we as a family kind of live it and breathe it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you have to create some boundaries every once in a while, right? Business, sure. business this is family, right? So, yeah. Yep. Yep. No, so th- this has been great. I mean, I could, I could, I feel like I could talk to you for another hour. So, um, but I'm going to keep it to a respectable time. And sure. uh, I loved our conversation. I would love to reconnect, you know, a year down the road, kind of see, sure. you know, kind of like go back and re- see what what you've done in a year because it sounds like you're growing. And we'll see what happens with the R word, but who knows? Yeah. It yeah. Sounds like the supply company hopefully takes off. Um, yeah. That sounds great. And yeah, Jeff, I would, I would love to get, get together again a year from now. I think that um, uh, another reconnection would, would make it like, Hey, what have you done over the year? It's one of them things that as an owner, you shouldn't be afraid to say, Hey, I'm more than welcome you to uh, reach out to me in a year because that's going to motivate me to make sure this year is uh, better than the last and preparing to have a better year after that year. So that would be great. That's that's good. I'm going to hold you accountable just by saying that. I'm going to yeah. Yep. Here, I want to you know. It sounds you know you you you're doing great. Um, it sounds awesome from starting from one to nine and and you're adding more. It, this is awesome. The supply company. It's all good. Um, so people can find you. I found you on LinkedIn. Um, sure. So Todd A Hess Painting Co. Right on LinkedIn. Yep. Um. Your company website, if you want to throw that out, I think it's same same thing. Uh, Todd A Hess Painting Co.com, and we also have Hess Supply Co.com. Uh, Todd A Hess Painting Co. is on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. We're on all the social medias. Um, and I would encourage everybody, business owner, person that's doing a project, even if you're just reaching out for some help uh, and, and you're struggling with something small and you're like, Hey, this guy was on this podcast. He might be able to reach out. I'll have yeah. an answer for you. I'll get back to you. I will. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, it's, it's been great. I, I, I want to thank you again. I can't wait to talk to you in a year or so. Hopefully I'll talk to you before then. Um, I want to thank any, everyone who's listening. Um, if you like it, share it, encourage other people to listen to it. Um, yeah. So again, Todd, thanks. And uh, Jeff, thanks for having me on. This is this has been great. And uh, we'll reconnect a year from now. Uh, everybody, like uh, Jeff said, please comment um, and, and share this. Absolutely. So and this has been another episode of Leaders 
who scale. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at leaderswhoscale.com. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class services and cutting-edge tools that help businesses grow and succeed.